time to move on. It's time to get going. What lies ahead, I have no way of knowing. But under my feet, baby, the grass is growing. It's time to move on. Time to get going. It was a track from a 1994 record by Tom Petty. It was his second solo record entitled Wildflowers. The song Time to Move On. How do you know it's time to move on? It's a new episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers only played that song 60 times in concert. Tom played it by himself just one time. I don't know. I'm guessing that after writing that song and recording the song, he figured it really was time to move on, even from that song. And at certain points in our life, there are, well, that is a song that could certainly serve as a theme song. You know, we reach some point where we need a change. We reach a point where we realize we need and want a change. Sometimes change is forced on us. I've had some conversations recently with some folks who are going through some layoffs in their company and that's a forced change. But even in those forced changes, we have to come to grips with leaving something behind, starting something different, something new, hopefully something better. The older I get, the more I encounter the need to move on. Sometimes it's a physical need. It's always psychological. For me, it's always emotional. That doesn't mean high drama. It just means I got feelings about it. And don't you love these people that argue against being emotional? Like, like what are you, Spock? Some robot? Like you got no feelings about anything? I don't trust people. I don't trust people who who make this declaration about not being emotional. Like you're just doing some hardcore computation in your head and you've got no feelings about anything one way or the other. I don't trust people who don't like music. I don't trust people who don't like dogs. I don't trust people who, (laughs) I don't trust people who don't lean on emotions. I'm not saying high drama and I'm not saying purely emotional, but those people who want to discount the way that you feel about something. And I really don't trust people who behave as though they really don't have any feelings because what that signals to me is, okay, you're, you're just completely apathetic toward everything. You're indifferent at the very least about everything. I I mean, what kind of fun are you going to be to hang around? (laughs) Our lives are defined by routines that does not mean that every aspect of our life is a routine but those people that know way more than me the big shot smarty pants types tell us that routines mostly serve us they keep us sane they keep us on track they prevent us from having to agonize over a litany of little small decisions that otherwise could just completely wreck our lives i get up in the morning Okay, after I empty my bladder, the first thing I'm going to do is brush my teeth. And the next thing I do, I'm going to make the bed. And the next thing I do is I'm going to take my vitamins and I'm going to 
nine out of 10 days, well, 99 out of a hundred, I'm going to grab a protein bar that I'm going to do all of that and not think much about it. The most thinking I'm going to do in all of that is making the bed. And sometimes, you know, I mean, we got some sheets and you just have to wrestle them to get them to, you know, I want them, I want them firmly on the, on the mattress. Does this drive you crazy? Sheets that don't fit mattresses. I tell you the one that drives me nuts, the mattress covers. Do you have a mattress cover? Well, you should. We've got this mattress cover on our current bed and there's like on one side, well, maybe even two. There's like no no elastic left. I mean, the the thing is just it doesn't it doesn't hug the mattress. It's just the worst piece of garbage in the world. And I'm I keep threatening to go shopping and to find a new one and buy one. I tell you why I haven't is because I don't know we're we're mere months away. We're not even going to keep this bed. So I'm like, okay, what have we got? Four more months five more months, whatever it is. I mean, okay, come on. Who cares? I care. I care every morning that I'm trying to make this stupid bed up and wrestle the sheet. But other than that, I mean, the routine of it, I don't think about. While I'm doing it, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm dog cussing this stupid mattress cover. Have you tried those those little clips that go on the corners of the bed? I'd never tried these, and I thought... You know, I mean, what can it hurt? I mean, they were stupid cheap. So I get these things from Amazon. I don't know. I mean, it was under 10 bucks. There's four of them. And so they've got these clamps. You know, they clamp on one side of the corner, and then the other one clamps on the other side of the corner. And then there's like these little bungee cord things. And you slide it and you to tighten these cords. And hopefully just kind of pull the corner of the sheet down under and over the corner of the mattress. They work. I'm not going to tell you they work well. I mean, I, I think I would have to, I would have to have, you know, those kind of straps that you tie stuff down in the back of trucks. I'm sure they have a name. I just can't think of it. I've got them. Do you remember me telling you that I, I, I did learn how to use those things? I've never known how to use those stupid things. You have those kind of things, those kind of straps, you know, and you, they've got our little ratchet kind of a thing, a ratchet contraption on one end so that you can tighten it down. I get it, they're in two parts and it's like, okay, I don't even know how, you might as well just, you might as well just give me a hard mathematical problem to solve because I can't for the life of me figure out how to even work this contraption. So I bought some when we moved some time ago at the behest of the guy that I hired to come and not pack us, but to come and pack the truck to put the stuff in there. And I watched YouTube videos and it only took one YouTube video. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I get it. That, that makes sense. You know, watched it and figured it out. But I mean, there's little things like that just completely drive me crazy. Well, I buy these, straps to hold the mattress thing down and they 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 kind of sort of work so i'm clearly i'm in the routine of making the bed but i'm kind of wrestling those things and wrestling the mattress cover and all that but hey if i had to get up in the morning and like okay what what do i do now (laughs) 
I hope you don't get up in the morning and ask yourself that question because I never do. I, I just, I, it's like there's just some switch that gets flipped and I just, well, well, you're not living. You're just going through the motions. That's right. Guess what? Life is largely about going through the motions. Life is largely about operating on autopilot and you can't even remember doing it. Do I have any vivid memories of brushing my teeth this morning? I don't. I don't have vivid memories of making the bed either. <laughs> Does that mean I'm stuck? Does that mean I'm in a rut? No, it means that I've got some routines, and these routines, they serve us. It's, it's making us wise. You know, okay, do you want to move on from all your routines? Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. We'll be sending the paddy wagon to your house and... Men in white suits will come and put a contraption around you to protect you from themselves and from yourself. And no routines are wise. Now routines may not, they don't all serve us. I mean, my routine could be, I'm going to keep a, a stash of donuts or candy bars. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get up, I'm going to relieve my bladder, and then I'm going to go dive into about 14 pounds of candy. I, that could be a routine wouldn't be a great routine. In fact, it would be a detrimental routine. And that's kind of where my head goes when I start thinking about this. How do you know it's time to move on? I mean, first, I think there has to be this barometer. Is this serving us? Is this helping us? Is this improving us? Is this detrimental to us? Is this damaging to us? Is this harmful? I mean, we got to start right there, don't we? Some things work, some things don't work. I've said before, I've encountered success using intermittent fasting. So I'm going to get up and we typically are going to get up probably somewhere between five and six. Usually, I mean, by five 30, we're up. I'm usually up way before that, but between six and noon, I'm going to get my calories in and no, it's, I'm not like a shark. I'm not, it's just not a constant feeding frenzy for six hours. I'm going to eat a protein bar somewhere around six o'clock after I take my vitamins. Don't take vitamins on an empty stomach. That's a recipe for stomach problems and failure. So I'm going to eat a food bar. I'm going to start drinking my water and I'm probably done till 1030 ish. There are many days that by 1030, this is not so much a, it's kind of sort of a routine, but it's, it's a much more loose routine than the ones when I first wake up by 1030, I'm hungry. I'm probably going to find something. I mean, there, there've been times that I eat a sand. I, I pretty much, I pretty much ate what I would have eaten at noon, except I'm doing it at 1030. Some days I wake, I wake up and I'm, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not famished when I wake up, but by 1030, I'm starting to get hungry. You know, now it's been four and a half hours since I ate anything and okay, now I'm hungry. And sometimes I'm hungry enough. I'm like, okay, it's another hour and a half till noon. I'm just going to go ahead and eat right now, knock it out. So then by 11, I'm done. That's probably more common than not between six and 11 and then nothing until 6am the next day intermittent fasting and it works it works so okay is it serving us is it not serving us is it serving us is it helpful is it improving is it growth 
Is it harmful? Is it detrimental? No, it's not. It's helping. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do more of that. Now, I don't know what your morning routine is, and it doesn't matter, but you've got routines. We've all got these routines in our life. You know, it was said that, what was it? Was it Steve Jobs? I mean, there have been a number of people who did these kinds of things with their wardrobe just to avoid having to make a decision, just wear the same thing every day. I like that. I, I, I do. I like that. I, I think I, I like a little bit of color. Sometimes, but yeah, I could probably, if I set my mind to it, I could probably, okay, let me, let's just devise what would the uniform look like? And let's just wear a uniform every day (laughs) because it, it takes away the necessity for you to make some seemingly inane decision. And I'm supposing for guys like Steve jobs, a decision that who cares? Right, I just I need to wear something. I'm just going to wear the same thing every day. And then that kind of becomes its own bit. That's kind of nice. It's been said nothing lasts forever. I think maybe a more accurate thing would be most things don't. Most things don't last forever. There are some things that last forever, you know, because there is a forever. Uh, but there are parts of our life, including our routines, and they don't last forever. The state of our life doesn't last forever. I'm pretty fond of the whole notion of, and I've talked before about songs that contain lyrics and prose that has this kind of a of a of a message in it of, you know, once we were this person and today we're this hopefully this better person, this different person, and I would hope that at this age and you at whatever age you are, I would hope that you're better. I would hope that you've grown, that you've improved, that you've figured some things out. And in figuring those things out, you're doing some things that today work better than things that you may have done in the past that didn't work so well. Because all of us, we have progressed and we have learned based based mostly on what we discovered did not work. Failures are largely what brought us here, right? We know that. So if my present looks like it looks because of my past, which is largely based on past failures, we realize that things change and we realize, okay, we have moved on. We have moved on from, okay, well, that didn't work. Or we have moved on from, you know, well, that that worked pretty well. I think I'm going to do more of that. Or that didn't work. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop doing that one altogether. But in all of those instances, we have moved on. How can we know when it's time to move on? Well, I've given you the two big barometers that are the elephants in the room. Whatever it is, it isn't serving us anymore. Or whatever it is, it's harmful. Now it's detrimental. You know, there are a number of things that just, they just don't work anymore. Okay, maybe it's a stretch to say, well, it's harmful. It's detrimental. One of the impetuses for today's show is the fact that there's these two guys that have been on radio here in DFW. One of them for a long, long time, 24 years, in fact, with with a station that is a station that I'm a big fan of. Well, let's check that. 
this is one of those things time to move on so i was i was here day one when this station went on the air and i i have been a devoted listener to it ever since but in the last number of years they've made a number of changes in the personalities that are on the station that i have found don't serve me as a fan as a listener they don't serve me as well as they once did and so the guys that are on in the morning, really talented, really great. And occasionally, two of the three of them will take some major league left turn, left politically big time, and I'm out. I'm out. And I'll just – I won't throw the whole show to the curb from now on, but I'll, I'll just stop listening that day. And that happens. Not a lot, but it happens. And then at 10 o'clock, they go away and another show comes on. I've never listened to that show that comes on between 10 and noon. I've never liked it. Don't like anything about it. Don't like the people that are on there. Don't find anything about it remotely entertaining. So I, I've, I, if I'm in the car, it's never on. It's never on anywhere I'm at. Then from noon to 3 are the two guys that I'm thinking of, one of whom has been there 24 years. They're on from noon to three, and I found them just wildly entertaining. And they were, for me, kind of can't miss, always going to try to catch at least some part of it. And it would be great if I was in front of a computer and having to do some work and I wasn't engaged in client work, you know, where I had to, other than being on a computer and doing stuff, and I could have it playing in the background. That was highly entertaining. Well, they resigned. They resigned in oh, the latter part of July. Got into a contract dispute. Uh, according to reports, the sticking point was over digital rights. They wanted to be able to do some things and leverage their content. Good for them. And uh, the station owned by Cumulus, which is notorious for poor treatment of talent. Uh, obviously, kind of drew a line in the sand like, no, that ain't going to happen. And so these guys walked okay it no longer serves us or we make a change because it's detrimental well i don't know but it clearly didn't serve them anymore it it clearly was something that they couldn't live with or they felt like they had other perhaps better options and so they said okay we're done we're out see ya good for them good for them that's how they knew it was time to move on. Well, that was, that was what got my wheels started about this whole thing. I've been thinking about this for a long time, but that really kind of pushed me over the, over the edge to think more seriously about today's show of when do we know it's time to move on. For these two radio hosts, they decided it was time to move on when the job at the station where they had been it just didn't work for them anymore. I'm not going to say it was detrimental, but it, it clearly was detrimental compared to what they felt some alternatives might be. Good for them. Good for them. I, I applaud it. They're betting on themselves. Time will tell if they made the right decision or not. Uh, I'm going to argue they did. They made the right decision for them. Other people can criticize it and look at it and say, oh, man, 
you know, the kind of money that they probably left on the table. We don't, I don't know any of that. And besides, I would argue there might be more to it than that. Have you ever been in a position where you were making, you were making decent money? Maybe you were making a lot of money, but you were just miserable. Does that, is that, does that work for you? No, it doesn't work for anybody. There are people that are money whipped and they're just, they're doomed. They're trapped. They're enslaved. So how can we know it's time to move on? I can tell you the other thing that prompted this is as I am, as we're racing toward the end of the year, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling back more and more and more. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling away from some things and I'm leaning more toward other things. Now I know that it's my age. There are people that pull back and the thing that they want to lean more into are things that aren't nearly related to work. You know, they want to pull completely away from work and they want to go all in on golfing or fishing or whatever. That's fine. Good for you if that's what you want to do. For me, it didn't look like that at all. How do you know it? it's time to move on? For me, I was thinking about my work, my time, my effort, where I put where my interests are. I know it's time to move on when I'm really itchy to spend more time doing something than this other thing. Now for me, well, let's just, let's just spell it out. So I do executive and leadership coaching and it started out all in private sector, all business stuff, all entrepreneur, CEO kind of stuff. And then that began to give way a little bit. I mean, just a little bitty bit to city government. And I just kind of fell in love with that and thought, this is, I like this a lot. I like this crowd a lot. I like, I, I just like it. I just like it. And so I began to lean more and more into that. And then I began to lean away from that private sector stuff. And over the last year or so, I've really leaned, I've pretty much leaned completely away from private sector. And I've been, and I've just leaned more and more and more into city government. And then I'm getting at this age and I've got these other things going on. And I've got, I've got a podcast about my favorite place. And that's, that's a considerable effort. Takes a lot of time. I do some other volunteer work that is with, kind of a church related kind of a work and that takes a considerable amount of time and I'm leaning more into those things. And so I've, I found myself being more and more selective on just kind of the whole, the whole coaching front. Love it. Not going to leave it. Got no intentions of leaving it. Got no intentions of leaving. I mean, the city government stuff, I do a podcast at growgreat.com with Lisa Norris, Lisa and I've got big plans for, for that work, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not in a position anymore where I want to devote 40 plus hours a week to it. In fact, I'm not going to devote 40 plus hours a week to it. It still is a, is a big part of it. And I don't, I really don't see myself in the foreseeable future, not giving myself to 30 to 50% of my time and effort and attention to that. But that's different than giving 
100% of your attention to that. So for me, just with, with that specific area of my life, I know it's time to move on when I've got three, let's call them three plates that I'm spinning. And I really, I really want to spin this plate a little more than those other two, or maybe I want to spin this other plate right now a little more than the other two. And so what I did, I knew it was time to move on from anything that wasn't one of those three plates. And this podcast is the exception. And whichever one gets my attention is kind of whichever one gets my attention at the moment. But that's very different than, okay, I got this one plate and I'm just, I'm all in. I'm just all in on, on spinning that one. So I would more accurately describe myself at this stage of my life is I've basically got, I basically have four different part-time jobs. If you, and you can easily distill these things uh, in part by the podcast. So I've got this work that I do that's church related. There's no income derived from that at all. It's literally a labor of love and conviction. And then the other three are really focused on a podcast. So I got leaning toward wisdom. I got growgreat.com, the city government coaching kind of thing. And then I've got the one about this place I love. It's called Hot Springs Village insideout.com and that's four things and i view those right now i view those as i've got four part-time jobs some days one bubbles to the top and i gotta be all in it, it so in a in, this, in any kind of a moment any one of those in that moment is a full-time job but it's not full-time in the sense that i'm devoting all of my time to it but in this moment, I may devote the next four hours, the next six hours, the next 16 hours to it. But I'm not devoting every hour of every week to it. Does that make sense? So I know it's time to move on. I knew it was time to move on when that was where my yearnings were. And I knew it was time to move on because, well, there was anxiety because, okay, I'm doing this thing but I really would rather right now be working on this other thing. And so the flexibility that I needed was crowded by, okay, well, I, I got, I got this work and I got to devote this time to it. Cause I got to get this done. And now I'm able to better kind of manage it. But here's the great thing for me. The great thing for me is really only one of those Okay, that's not true. I started to say only one of those has is really kind of routine. They've all kind of got a routine, but that routine is more it's more at my choosing than not, not completely, but kind of sorta. So there's freedom and there's flexibility with all of that. I've had conversations. This one is the one that drives me crazy when it's time to move on. Time to move on from a relationship. And in specific, the relationship is a marriage. Okay. Listen, I'm a Christian, so I'm coming at it from a Christian viewpoint. If you don't like that or appreciate it, then at very least respect it. God defines marriage. Supreme Court doesn't define it. Nobody else defines it. 
God defines it one man, one woman, married together for life. It could be dissolved if one of the parties is unfaithful to the other. Doesn't mean it has to, but it could. Other than that, we're in this till death departs us. You know, that didn't get fabricated because some man just thought about that was a clever phrase, till death do us part. No, God ordained that, you know. You can read it in the scripture. So when people are like, well, you know, this, my marriage is, it didn't, it's just not serving me anymore. It's just, it's not working for me anymore. Okay. Well, I'm not, we're not going to, we're not going to dive into being a marriage counselor podcast because I'm not qualified. I've done plenty of it. So that may be unfair. I'm a little bit qualified, but that's not what this is all about. Marriages just shouldn't be thrown away. They certainly shouldn't be thrown away as easily as they get thrown away. And in my experience, mostly they get thrown away because people are just colossally selfish. People won't give themselves over to another human being, which is what marriage is, period. Uh, You don't have to like it. I'm just telling you that's what it is. God said it, not me. So when we surrender control of ourselves to God, and thereby we surrender control of not to make our spouse God, but to serve God through our spouse by giving ourselves to our spouse and by wanting their best, and in turn they want our best, well, that gets wrecked. That gets wrecked when all I'm thinking about is myself. And so naturally I could come to the conclusion, well, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. I, she's not putting me on the pedestal that I, I believe I deserve to be on. Now, never mind that I don't put her on any kind of a pedestal at all. But there are relationships outside of marriage when, okay, how do you know it's time to move on? Again, I'm, I can only speak from my experience, and hopefully you can derive some learning from this. For me, again, it's time to move on when and, – and, and I'll qualify it a little bit until it – it no longer serves us or until it's detrimental. But I'm going to add to that when it comes to a relationship until I'm no longer of service to them. And perhaps my presence is detrimental. And I hope that makes some sense. Now I've said it before. If you believe in the Myers Briggs personality assessment, I'm not saying I do, but it's interesting to me. I am an INFJ. And there is this phenomenon among INFJ, according to researchers, called the INFJ door slam. Now, here's what it is. It it sounds way worse. Well, I started to say it sounds way worse than it is. I'm not sure if that's right or not, but here's what it is. It's the ability to close a door on a relationship that is no longer working. It's the ability to just be done and just turn the page. And I will freely tell you, I have that ability. And I will also freely tell you that I'm not quick to do it. But when it's obvious to me that that's the action that needs to happen first and foremost, because the other person is kind of driving it in that direction secondarily, because it clearly is going to be, it's going to be in my best interest as far as my own emotional and mental and spiritual health, happy to do it, happy to do it. Not a problem. Now, on the flip side of that, 
There's another assessment that I'm pretty fond of called the VIA survey, V-I-A. The VIA survey is a character strengths survey. That is these character traits, and I think there's 27 of them. And we all, we all implement these to some degree or another. But which ones do you use all the time? Which ones do you really lean on? And every time I take that assessment, the number one character trait that I possess, that I practice, is forgiveness. I don't think about it. It's not something that I'm trying to do. It's just, it's just how I roll. Forgiveness is not hard for me. Here's the downside to that. The downside is whatever your strength is, it likely at some point will become your weakness. For me, forgiveness is a weakness in the sense that I can forgive you no problem. But then I can look in the mirror and I can have a really hard time forgiving myself. So it's a real weakness when it comes to me applying it to my life. Not hard at all for me to forgive you. So take the whole door slam thing and the forgiveness character trait, put them together, and you've now got some semblance of kind of how I roll. So I can do the door slam, and I'm not sitting here thinking, woe is me, or you dirty rotten so-and-so, or I hope this happens to you. I, I, I don't feel any of those things. Mostly, I can tell you what I feel is bewilderment. <laughs> the last time a door slam happened to me, or that I exercised a door slam, I didn't get it. And that is pretty typical in that something happens, something goes wrong, the relationship is damaged. Oh, I may know what damaged it. And I may even know that I had some part in it. And I can promise you, I will have sought forgiveness and asked for forgiveness and probably been told, yeah, I forgive you, but they don't. And the relationship all of a sudden it went from being one thing, which was great and wonderful and and really routine, to now not existing. And I don't do non-existent relationships. I'm just done. It's over. And that's cool. I'm fine. And I'm not sitting here wishing any evil on anybody or anything. I'm like, I don't I don't need it. It's it's fine. So how do you know it's time to move on? Well, that's how I know. You know, when you've got all these indicators that tell you it's not going well, it's not working for them, and in turn then I realize, okay, well, if it's not working for them, it's got no way to work for me. So let's just call it a day. Now, we don't have those kinds of conversations. There's never that kind of – it's like these radio guys. So these radio guys, they I think it was on July 17th, they resigned – well, we got no farewell show. <laughs> there, whatever show they recorded right before they went on vacation for the summer, that was their last show. Now, did they know they were going to be resigning a month later? No. I'm sure they thought it could be possible, but they are in an industry where there just is not an opportunity for you to, okay, we resigned yesterday, and so today we're going to do our farewell show. Radio doesn't work that way. They, they don't give you the airtime to say goodbye. And that's kind of how the door slams are for me. There, there's no goodbye. It's just over. And you both just know it's over. <laughs> time to move on. It's just time to move on. Now, it does beg the question, 
about where does bitterness play in all of this? For me, it doesn't. It just doesn't. I'm just wired. Bitterness is just not a temptation for me at all. But I realize that it's a horrific temptation for an awful lot of folks because moving on is really difficult because the part of moving on that's difficult is the letting go. And until you let go, how, how are you going to grab something better? Now, when I grew up, do they still have monkey bars? I look at the, I look at the playground equipment that we had, and I'm so thankful that I lived in the era that I did, you know, I mean, everything you got to put on a full armor body suit and a helmet and a face cage to, I guess, to go to a playground today. And I don't know. Yeah. Kids broke their arms. Of course they did. And it's like the, it's like so many comedians have said, you know, it was a good old days. We all, we all learn not to be stupid. You know, because we saw we saw Johnny do something idiotic, and we that did not work out well. That 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 hurt. We all laughed maniacally at his injury, but okay, well, we're not going to do that. Why? Well, because we saw him do it. I mean, what do you think we are? Stupid? We're not going to do that. But we had these mon- we had monkey bars. Now, monkey bars are just these you know these horizontal bars, and I don't know they were ten or twelve feet long, and you you hung from one and you swung like a monkey. That's why they call them monkey bars. You swung from one rung to the next, and you, you let go of one so you could grab the next one because the object was to go from one end of this thing to the other end. Well, you couldn't just, you could, well, you could, you could grab a bar and just swing from it, but you're not going anywhere. You're not going to advance. The only way to advance is to swing by letting go of one, grabbing the next one. And then you do the same thing. You let go, you grab, you let go, you grab, you let go, you grab. So many people can't let go. They just can't let go. And then they wonder why they're stuck. They wonder why they're not advancing because you're bitter. You're hateful. You're unforgiving and you're bitter and you think the world's against you and you're a victim and oh man, everybody's doing this and doing that. And woe is me. Woe is me. Okay. Well get over yourself and own it. You are where you are largely because of the choices you made in your life. Now, I'm not saying 100% of them, but largely, largely we are where we are because of ourselves. It's just true. I'm not saying every bad thing that's happened to you was your fault, but everything that's happened to you is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to deal with it. It's your responsibility to react in the best way that you can that's helpful for you, that's not detrimental to you. How is injuring yourself more helpful? I've never understood this. I had this bad thing happen to me. Okay, well, we've all had bad things happen to us. And? Well, and because that bad thing happened to me, then I decided that I was going to make matters worse, and so I was going to, I was going to really mistreat myself. So I started drinking. I started doing drugs. I started, you know, living some immoral life. Okay, well, and that and that helped, huh? That was no, that doesn't help. So you decided to become your own worst enemy because the world did something bad to you. And you just now want to wallow in being a victim. Well, you can, you can do that. But you're swinging from one rung of the monkey bar. You are not going to get to the other end. 
You're not going to advance. You've got to let go. It's that inability or that unwillingness is more accurate. It's that unwillingness to let go that fosters the bitterness. The Bible has much to say about the root of bitterness because that's what it does. Bitterness takes a root. It grows really deep, and then it's really hard to uproot. Don't let it even get going. Best to just say, this is my life. I'm in control of my life. I'm not in control of everything that happens to me, but to whatever degree I can be, I will be. And I will exercise wisdom. And when bad things happen to me, I'll do my dead level best to deal with that in the most profitable way that I can so that I can benefit myself and therefore benefit other people. It's the path forward to let go so that we can grab something else. The other thought is the grabbing that something else. So when my favorite radio guys, when they resigned on the 17th of July, and as I hit the record button, I don't know what's happening with them. Maybe by the time this comes out, I'll know, but as I'm recording, I don't, but I'm pretty confident I'm pretty confident that they've got some aspiration, some plan, some goal, some, something that they have devised that they believe in. And so I'm happy for them. I applaud them. It means that they're moving on by letting go of what most of us think would have been a really difficult, if not impossible thing to let go of. You are, you are radio hosts in a major market in America Okay, you're on from noon to three. You're not morning or afternoon drive time, but you're still you're still big time. You're you're still very successful. You're still in the top, top, top percentile of people in your craft. And to say no to that is significant. But to say no to that because there's something else that you want to grab a hold of. Well, that's even better. That's way better. That's time to move on so I can grab something that I believe can be better. And I'm pretty confident that these boys feel that way. And the reason I am is because they're not dummies. They're talented and they're smart. And I don't believe they would have made that decision otherwise. Good for them. Can we do the same thing? Can we know it's time to move on because we need to let go of this thing? Because that next rung, well, that's better. That's better. And maybe, just maybe, it's just potentially better. But if we believe it, it's got the chance to be true. I don't know where you're stuck, but if you are, then I hope today's show has helped you figure a few things out and maybe get on with, okay, getting unstuck. You know, the day job of coaching people is largely a lot of listening. 
but then it's finding that opportunity, that opening, where I, I realize that their heart, their mind, I realize that their mind and their emotions are now open to a caring challenge. I've never ever had a coaching client that didn't want to be challenged because high performers want to be challenged. We want, we want somebody to help us get better. We want somebody to challenge us to get better. We want somebody to challenge us to figure it out. And we want them to do it not because they think we're inept, but because they don't. Because they are supremely optimistic and confident that we can do this. And so I'm the guy encouraging people and telling people, you can do this. You can do this. It's not up to me to decide what they do. That's, it's their life any more than I want them to decide what I want to do with mine. But once the decision's been made, let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. It's pretty common for me to sit across from somebody and say, you know, what are you waiting for? I mean, the last time we talked, you said you wanted to do this, that, and the other, and you haven't done this, that, or the other. So have you changed your mind? Well, no, but you haven't done anything. So let's figure this out. Let's set some goals and deadlines here and let's figure out when are you going to do this? Because you've already made up your mind that it's time to move on, time to do something different. I hope it's been helpful. It's really hard. It's hard. There are some things that are really, really hard to let go of, especially when there's comfort and security involved. Like my radio guys. Hard to let go of a job like that. But if you don't, you'll never know if there's something that you might could have grabbed a hold of that would have been better and bigger and more rewarding. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad you clicked play. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Studio.